Chapter Nine of the Blue Aunt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Elaine Conway. The Blue Aunt by Eliza Orne White. Chapter Nine. The Little Gays jim and evelyn had never had such a good time in all their lives as they had now just to be at the seashore was enough to make them very happy but to have four children to play with greatly added to their pleasure patty and ralph and lily invented exciting new games and little rodman was a darling golden rod the children called him because he was so sunny he was always ready to be a horse or a child or an automobile or a private soldier or anything else the others did not want to be there were so many things to do that the day was not half long enough it began very early indeed for the little gays because aunt hilda who always got breakfast liked to have the work well out of the way before it was time to go in bathing the little gays all did some of the housework patty and lily made the beds and helped with the dishes and ralph carried the water upstairs and did many other things jim and evelyn were so interested that they asked if they could not make their beds a high school girl whose name was florence came every morning to help mrs gay get dinner while aunt hilda went in bathing with the children this was the great treat of the day aunt hilda was teaching the younger ones how to swim with the help of patty and ralph who were good swimmers for their age after the bath the children played in the sand while mrs west and aunt hilda sat and watched them or played with them they were allowed to go barefoot so it did not matter if they let the little waves come up over their feet the two families separated for dinner and came together again for a wonderful afternoon if the tide were low sometimes aunt hilda would take the children and hector for a walk along the sunning yellow sands far far out to where they joined the blue sea where the children waded into all the little pools along the way and there were two great occasions when they went clam digging always before the two families separated for supper aunt hilda had what she called the children's half hour when they gathered about her the gaze's broad piazza if it were pleasant or in the big living-room if it were stormy while she told them stories one day mrs west had a bright idea why shouldn't we all dine together she said it seems such a pity to separate it would not be much more trouble for catherine to cook for us all and florence could help her prepare the vegetables and wash the dishes Catherine and Florence thought this an excellent plan, and so did Mrs. Gay, because she would not have to get dinner any more, and Aunt Hilda was pleased because Mrs. Gay could now come down on the beach with them, and every single child cried, Goody, 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 what fun! or something that meant the same thing. So there were no two happier families in all the state than the gays and wests on the day when they decided to have their dinners together 
but alas something unforeseen happened it proved that to bring the little gays and the little west together at dinner was like scratching matches on a match scratcher the matches are as quiet as mice so long as you leave them in a dish but once you scratch them on the match scratcher things become very lively indeed and when the little gays dined with the little wests things were very very lively it was like a conflagration and no one seemed able to put out the fire the older people could not hear themselves talk for all six children seemed to think of so many things to say their voices grew louder and louder and neither mrs gay nor mrs west could make any impression on them mrs gay would say children don't all talk at once and mrs west would say children i am almost crazy with the noise and aunt hilda who was the only one who could have made them mind did not feel it was her place to say anything when two mothers were present after this had been going on for a few days mrs gay said to her hilda i think your niece and nephew are dear children and they are very spirited and interesting but i should not have supposed that two extra children could make more noise than all of my four put together what shall we do about it and mrs west took hilda aside and said evelyn and jim had such good table manners and were so quiet at meals i don't know what their father will say when he comes down again the gays are delightful children but they have a most demoralizing effect on my two and yet i can't draw back when i've asked them to have dinner at my house can you make any suggestion if you will give me authority to make them mind and tell the children this said aunt hilda i am pretty sure i can have quiet dinners mrs west's brown eyes grew larger and larger and she said what are you going to do aunt hilda smiled and said that is my secret when mrs gay heard that hilda had some plan she was so curious she could hardly wait for the next day's dinner time to come the next morning it rained and this made it hard for the children but it was no ordinary rain it poured and the wind blew a gale and drove the rain all across the piazza where they had been having their dinners and there were two bad leaks in the roof so that evelyn and her mother had to put a wash bowl in the middle of their bed to catch the water and catherine had to put another bowl on the top of her trunk anyway we can go in bathing said evelyn hopefully not today dear said aunt hilda but we can't get any wetter than the water gets us said evelyn but aunt hilda who always went with them said even she drew the line at going in bathing in such a fierce northeast storm with a flock of lively children do you know she said as she sat down in the west's living room with a box full of coloured advertisements and bits of bright coloured paper your mothers have given me authority to make you mind and i am going to make my badge this morning and you can all help me evelyn and lily brought up a little seat with arms which they were fond of sitting in there were just room for the two of them to squeeze in 
and ralph who sat behind them began to braid their hair together so that they could not be separated he took the hair on the left-hand side of lily's head and braided it into the hair on the right-hand side of evelyn's head and lily called out stop ralph but he went on you kids seem to want to be together all the time and i'll fix it so you are like one person just like the siamese twins your hair is so much the same colour you look as if you belong together i don't like to be called a kid i'm a child said lily and evelyn asked who the siamese twins were but before anyone could answer her she said what are you making aunt hilda why are you cutting out those letters they are for my badge she had a white linen belt in her hand and she began to paste on it some letters that she cut out of blue paper the first letter she pasted on was a p what does that stand for she asked i don't know what letter it is said evelyn lily looked at her with amazement because she had known how to read for more than a year and even like rodman who was not quite four said i know it is a p evelyn looked at it very hard so she should never forget it and lily said it stands for papa and for peaches and pineapples said ralph and peonies and poppies said patty and it stands for patty said jim are you going to put all our initials on in a row you shall see said the blue aunt and she pasted a blue o next to the p even evelyn knew that it was an o p o that's the beginning of postman said ralph and presently aunt hilda put on l next to it that stands for lily the little girl cried and she was so pleased she got up and began to dance about the room but evelyn cried ouch and lily had to stop she had quite forgotten that she and evelyn were fastened together and they hastily embraided their hair evelyn said isn't there going to be an e for evelyn for she knew a good many of her letters wait and see said aunt hilda and she cut out and pasted on an i that stands for all of you she said it is i for i myself evelyn was so pleased at this that she said over and over it is an i and it stands for i myself i shall never forget it it is tall and slim like a person and it stands for i myself i know what it's going to be said ralph it is going to be political boss aunt hilda is going to be the boss and make us all mind just by way of saying something jim remarked she isn't your aunt hilda at all ralph started to have a mock fight with him jim had often said this before and with the same result it isn't going to be political boss after all said ralph for aunt hilda was pasting on a c that stands for catherine said jim no it doesn't said ralph catherine begins with a k it does not said jim it begins with a c a t 
just like cat. It begins with a k-a-t, Ralph insisted. I guess I know how Catherine is spelled, because it is my mother's name. I can't help it, said Jim. I guess I know how Catherine is spelled, because I've seen it on the outside of lots of letters for Catherine. Doesn't Catherine begin with a C-A-T, Aunt Hilda? It can begin either with a C-A-T or a K-A-T. You are both right, she said. You can remember, Evelyn, that C stands for Crescent, because it looks so much like the new moon reversed. When Evelyn had not wanted to take the trouble to learn to read, her father took her part and said, I ruined my eyes by reading when I was four years old. I don't care if Evelyn does not learn until she is eight. And then, a year later, he had been surprised that she did not know all of her letters, for he was a busy man with important law cases on his mind, so he did not remember all the small family affairs. Now Evelyn longed to read, but she had never longed for anything except a pussycat. Oh, it is police! It is police! Jim cried in delight, as his Aunt Hilda pasted on an E for Evelyn. There is more to it than that, she said, as she left a space and began another word with a W. It is going to be policewoman. I know it is, cried Patty, and policewoman was just what it was. Aunt Hilda pinned the white belt with the blue letters on it around her waist and said whenever i wear this belt and tell you to do something you must do it at once that day at dinner which had to be in the living room on account of the storm the children were so quiet at first that neither mrs gay nor mrs west could imagine what had happened but as the meal went on the children forgot about the policewoman and Jim and Ralph started a lively discussion as to the way to sail a boat. Ralph said Jim was entirely wrong. He guessed he knew about boats because he had watched his father sail one all last summer. And Jim said, I know I'm right. You are quite wrong, said Ralph. You always think you know a lot more than you do. And for a boy of your age, I guess if I were your age... I'd know more about boats than you do, said Jim. Lily insisted that Ralph was right, and Evelyn backed up Jim, although neither of the little girls knew one thing about it. And while all four were talking at once, Rodman said, B stands for boat, B stands for boat, over and over again. Aunt Hilda, I'm right, ain't I, said Ralph. You mustn't say ain't, said Patty. I can't say aren't I. You can say am I not. All right, I am right, am I not, Aunt Hilda? She isn't your Aunt Hilda, began Jim. I don't care if she isn't. She has known me a lot longer than she has known you. And she loves me a lot better. She doesn't. She does. Then all the children joined in, and the older people were almost crazy with the noise. When the uproar was the loudest, the blue aunt rose. 
she was tall but now she looked much taller than usual for she was standing on the tips of her toes and she said according to the authority conveyed to me by this badge i command that there shall be instant silence not one child is to say anything for ten minutes and she took out her watch the effect was like magic all the children stopped talking and if it had not been for the beating of the rain and the swish of the wind one could have heard a pin drop the two mothers were so surprised they could think of nothing to say and aunt hilda told them how the widow gray thought she would spare three eggs for them to-day and if the rain held up ralph and jim could go for them that afternoon when the children's half-hour came they all gathered around aunt hilda in the west's pleasant living-room she sat on the broad window-seat and tim immediately jumped up into her lap while hector lay down at her feet lily and evelyn climbed up on the window-seat one on each other of her and snuggled up against her while patty sat in a low seat close by and the boys flung themselves down at her feet i am going to read you some verses i wrote this afternoon said the blue aunt they are a kind of parable and they are called the sun the little wests and little gays were closest friends and yet they argued at their games and plays on stormy noons and sunny days whene'er these children met and when the sun sank in the west ha said the west young son you see he likes us much the best he is always setting in the west when the long day is done indeed you're wrong cried a young gay ho when the day is done the sunset clouds are bright and gay they're ours not yours i'm bound to say clouds glorify the sun and so they argued all the night and never stopped to think they had a long continued fight and taught and taught from eve till light and did not sleep a wink and when the sun rose in the east the gay son ralph said ho he does not like you in the least he loves the gay and cheerful east he is your bitter foe and then young west in accents loud said ha he is not gay he's rising in a murky cloud i hear a peal of thunder loud it is a dismal day then spoke the sun at dawn of day though neath an angry cloud i'm always bright and warm and gay he's right this talkative young gay pray don't dispute so loud and when at night i go to bed tea's always in the west exactly as young jim has said you both are right the good son said i love you both the best End of chapter nine